Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. New rule changes are coming to the NBA, but will the flopping rule do more harm than good? Also, are the Texas Rangers for real? And will Saquon Barkley sit out a year? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. While baseball takes a break, the NBA never sleeps. In the city that never sleeps. No, that's New York. But Vegas counts. Vegas, no, no one sleeps in Vegas, right? Certainly not Nick Engstad from Locked On Mads and Locked On NBA. He was in Las Vegas. We will not ask about your bank account after this one, Nick. But one of the cool things about Summer League is it's not just about the basketball on the court. It's about the basketball off the court because you hear things. Um, there's there's vibes to catch, a lot of cool stuff going on there. And then we have these rule changes, which I'm sure we'll get to here in a second. But let's start with the Summer League vibes. Uh, what is What was the story? What was everyone talking about in Summer League? Yeah, the biggest hit to my bank account was the surge charges on those Ubers and Lyfts I had to take the whole time. I'm just, just trying to get anywhere. It was just a mess. But yeah, some survived Vegas. And now the biggest thing I think people talked about, I mean, first of all, it's Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. I mean, he's the one guy that everybody's talking about. He only played two games. I was there for both of those two games. And to see him in person, it was just the wildest thing. It, it felt like a sports moment. You know, when, when you're in the building, when there's a sports moment, when you're like, sure. oh, th- this is something that's big. So let's talk about some of these changes. Not the not the midseason tournament. You and I talked about that on Locked On Sports today, uh, just a few days ago. But there's also these rule changes, and they they both seem pretty intuitive to me. Let's start with the flopping. Um, and, and I feel like I need John Corrales in here because the Celtics do it more than anybody. But um, or maybe I, Wes Goldberg. The shots fired. Listen, um, listen. I heat, cover I cover Luka Doncic, and I, I think you've well, got it. I think we've got it covered enough here. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> it, it is it, it is an epidemic. Um, it is it is swiffering the league. But Ugh. so we had this for a little while. The NBA actually said we want to get this out of the game. And then they were like, yeah, maybe we don't. So why 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 do you think they decided to bring this back? Yeah, so they they did have it. It seemed like it it fixed, and then they just slowly stopped doing it. There really was no answer as to why the NBA stopped finding guys for flopping or anything like that. It was probably a players association complaint that hey we're costing some of these guys the Patrick Beverly's of the world too much money that they you know that they don't really make back in their contract and so now you have this uh, you know flopping penalty is assessed by the referee if the opposing team will be awarded one free throw attempt so it's basically like a technical foul the other team will shoot a free throw and then the officials get to decide what it is uh and they're not they're not required to stop live play to call a, a foul so it's not necessarily going to stop play as much but it is going to stop play. Like it is going to stop play for them to take the free throw, and it's just on the the referee's assessment of what a flop is. Listen, Peter, I, I cover Luka Doncic. We talked about this already. Locked on Mavericks. They get fooled so often by things that he does in in a positive way for the Mavericks. I'm going to say this in a positive way for the Mavericks. I can't imagine the amount of times they're going to get fooled in negative ways for this, where he actually gets hit in the face and he actually falls back and he just, you know, elaborates it a little bit more like he tends to do. And all players in the league, LeBron James specifically, like really elaborates stuff. And they're going to call flops on things that are actually fouls because these guys try to, you know, over 
exaggerate stuff. And I, so I'm so fascinated to see how this works. I really don't, I, I like that they're cutting down on flopping because it just became so bad, but it's another stop and play. And we don't need more stop and plays, which brings us then to the other coaches challenge. I do like that they're making it so they can just do it at a dead ball. It's, it's sort of like playing the advantage in soccer where like, okay, if there's a penalty, but the the team that is benefiting from the penalty has an advantage, you just play the advantage, right? I, I like that part of it. But you mentioned the coach's challenge. This seems intuitive to me. Like every team, if something uh, went wrong in the first half. It's a football take from you. Every, well, no team could could call, could challenge anything in the first half because you're like, well, I, if I need this in the last five minutes and I don't have it. Doc Rivers disagrees. Well, okay. <laughs> but, but in the NFL, at, to your point, if you're right twice, you get that third one. It seems intuitive to me that they would do this. What's the downside here to you? It's just stopping play more. These challenges take so long for yeah. an NBA game. That's All right, back. put a shot clock on it. Just say, okay, you have a minute to look at it. Well, what, what they really need to do is they need to take advantage of this referee, like, like not newsroom, the referee replay room in Secaucus, New Jersey, that they have all the, the monitors going all the time. Yeah, they which have, they already have. They have. That's what I'm saying. They have designated people sitting in front and watching this stuff. They need to take advantage of that more to speed up the game. The way that baseball has done with the pitch clock, they need to do this with the pitch clock for the referees with these reviews. They need to have somebody that's impartial, that's on there, that, that, that already calls these. So if a referee has to review something, you call it up, put it, get it in your earpiece and say, all right, What's the what's the call? Sakakis already has it. They send it down, and boom, we're in. And so, if they did that, I would be fine with another challenge because, like you said, they should be awarded another challenge if they get something. If you know the coach gets something right in that, and it would be helpful for you to not say, "Oh, well, I have to save my challenge and the strategy of that." So, there's a little bit more leeway with that. But it's just going to stop the game again, and I, I ju we just don't need more of that. There's already so many play. They stop more often than they actually play the, the games. You know, in the last five minutes, probably twice as often they're stopped than when they're actually playing because of media timeouts and because of just yep. all kinds of, all kinds of things. So I, I'm, I, it's just too much for me. I get the, I get what they're trying to do with this. And I know that the coaches probably really push for this, but as a, like just watching as a fan, it's just too many stoppages. Stay up to date all year on the association by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on NBA on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up are the Texas Rangers, like for real, for real. Before we answer that, we know who will be featured on Hard Knocks this year. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just 20 bucks will land you $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the point total to... Who do you think is going to hit the first home run? FanDuel has odds on which division the eventual World Series winner will hail from. Favored the AL East at plus 220 with the NL East right behind them at plus 270. All the way down at the bottom, the NL Central at 20 to 1. So whether you're Cincinnati or Milwaukee, sorry guys. Of course, you can also combine multiple prop bets in a single game for a bigger payout with FanDuel's same game parlay on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win... You get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The NFL and NFL Films have selected, you guessed it, the New York Jets to serve as this year's 
HBO Hard Knock team. The Jets, who report to camp next Wednesday, have been in the media spotlight this offseason after trading for four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers. Ever heard of him? That will continue during training camp when cameras will be literally rolling to chronicle the team's experience getting ready for the 2023 season. The league's criteria for teams to be eligible for hard knocks eliminates teams with first-year head coaches, teams that qualified for the playoffs the past two seasons, and teams that appeared in the past 10 seasons. The Jets were one of the four eligible teams with that criteria. Also in the running, the Bears, the Commanders, and the Saints. Yeah, they made the right call. Two-time Super Bowl winning coaches Tom Coughlin and Mike Shanahan and team owner Robert Kraft and Virginia McCaskey were among the 60 semifinalists announced Wednesday for the 2024 Class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The Hall's 12-person senior community trimmed a list of eligible players down to 31. Each semifinalist played his last game in a professional football game no later than 1998. The respective selection committees will now consider the candidates and each vote to determine the 12 finalists from each group. The results of those votes will be announced July 27th. Mike Holmgren, Sterling Sharp, also in this group. They should be in. The Longhorns are an overwhelming preseason favorite to win the Big 12, and Coach Steve Sarkeesian said he hopes a league title will be a great send-off in Texas' final season before heading to the SEC in 2024. We all chose to come to the University of Texas. With that comes a responsibility of understanding there's a standard and expectation to compete for championships year in and year out. Just because people think that's who we are, that doesn't mean anything. Ultimately, we're going to be defined by the way we actually play. And so let's, okay, we acknowledge it, let's put it over here. But for every article I can read about how good we're supposed to be, I can find another one of why you guys are wrong for picking us to be good. You almost forgot they were doing that one, didn't you? Yep, they're still going. Major League Baseball announced its international games for next season. The LA Dodgers and San Diego Padres will play Major League Baseball's first regular season games in South Korea, opening next season in Seoul on March 20th and 21st. The Houston Astros and Colorado Rockies will also play in Mexico City on April 27th and 28th. And in England, there will be a two-game series in London, June 8th and 9th between the Mets and the Phillies. The international opener will be Major League Baseball's ninth. Here is another story you need to know. They're not just first in the AL West, ahead of the defending champion Houston Astros. The Texas Rangers are in first place, but they also are second in all of baseball in point differential. A plus 148, a staggering figure in the all-star break. Bryce Paderick from Locked On Rangers, the Texas kind, joins me now. And, and Bryce, I think if you're a Rangers fan, you may have some familiarity with these guys, but even Rangers fans have to be going, how did we get here? So help us figure this out. How did this team get to this moment? Well, it starts with the offseason. Bringing in Bruce Bochy was the first and maybe even the biggest move of the offseason. They completely re renovated their entire starting pitching unit from last year. The only people who come back are John Gray and Martin Perez, who was re-signed. And then they brought in Jacob DeGrom, Nathan Eovaldi, and Andrew Heaney. And, well, two out of those three guys have been amazing. Well, Jacob DeGrom was amazing until he 
was put on the IL with season season ending injury. And Dane Dunning, who was in the rotation last year, was just mediocre, has been absolutely fantastic this year, as has Nathan Evaldi. Those two guys plus John Gray have really turned this team around. And the offense was pretty good last year. And it has just been unbelievably good this year just every single player across the board just having basically the 90th percentile case of their best case season and so i think that's the piece where if you're going to make the the pessimistic case for them in the second half you're going okay are these guys really going to keep up that 90th plus percentile performance in the second half what would give you confidence that we would see that from them Well, the thing is, most of these guys have turned a corner. I mean, Marcus Simeon has been a very, very consistent player uh, throughout his career. And the Rangers hitting staff has been fantastic. And it it seems like these guys, it's not just a, okay, we didn't see this coming. It's like, this is actually who these guys are now. Marcus Simeon is fantastic. Daniel Lowe won a silver slugger last year. Jonah Heim is an all-star. Adolis Garcia has been doing it for three seasons now. And Corey Seager has been basically the best hitter in baseball that's not named Shohei Otani. So, I mean, really, it all comes down to starting pitching health. If the Rangers starting staff can stay healthy, uh, then this team can win the AL West from the Astros, who are, you know, nipping at the Rangers' heels. And the Rangers are coming off a bad couple of, well, maybe even three weeks. But still, this team has all the talent in the world. They probably still need to, you know, add at the deadline in the bullpen. But this is a really talented team, and this is not a fluky team, even though it is very surprising what they're doing. What would give you cause for concern as we look toward the second half? Well, Nathan Ivaldi is a guy who has been having a fantastic season. He was the only all-star pitcher for the Rangers this year, and he's been very, very good. But like most of the staff, there have been injury concerns throughout their career. I mean, Martin Perez has been pretty healthy for most of his career, but Gray has struggled with injuries. Ivaldi hasn't pitched 200 innings except for, I think, maybe once in his entire career, only pitched 180-plus innings a few times in his career. John Gray has struggled with injuries. Andrew Heaney only pitched, I believe, 70 innings for the Dodgers last year. So it's just about keeping these starting pitchers healthy. If they can stay healthy and stay consistent, then the Rangers can definitely make a run in October. But if not, then this team could crumble kind of quickly, unfortunately. When you say make a run, I think that is the thing that we're wondering here from the outside looking in. This team is good. I think there, there's no doubting that they're a good team. But when they have to go play the Rays and some of the best teams in baseball in the postseason, are they set up to do that? What is what is your opinion on how this team in the postseason shakes up? Because we know postseason baseball is just a different animal. Well, I trust this team. The depth of their starting rotation is really what gives me a lot of confidence in this team. Uh, Nathan Ivaldi is a guy who has won a World Series with Boston. He's pitched in the playoffs quite a bit. John Gray doesn't have that much playoff experience, but he's been around for for quite some time. I mean, Heaney's been around for a while. Martin Perez has been in the big leagues for this is his 11th season. So these guys are seasoned veterans. And I mean, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, they've got a lot of playoff experience as well. So I mean, I trust this lineup in the big moments. It it might take, this was a year ahead of schedule. I mean, this was the year where the Rangers were maybe hoping to push for the playoffs, be contentious, and, you know, get a wild card seed, gets this team some postseason reps. And then next year was really the kind of all-in, go-for year. And this year, it's just been a little bit a year ahead of schedule. But it's been very, very fun as someone who's covered this team for a lot of losing seasons. Stay up to date all year on the Texas Rangers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Rangers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, how serious is Saquon Barkley's threat to sit out? The summer heat has settled in and you want a pair of shorts that impress while feeling great. That's where bird dogs come in. Bird dogs make you look good. They're stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh 
giving you a truly sculpted look, even if you're, you know, not so sculpted. They fit like a dream. I absolutely love my bird dog shorts, my joggers. I have the khaki pants. Bird Dogs invented cloud knit fabric that look like khaki, but stretch so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. They also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. It is hot, hot right now in most parts of the country. It is very hot where I am. It is nice to have the anti-stink sweat wicking technology. I can tell you that. You can go from the couch to the golf course to a night out all in the same pair of Bird Dogs. I, I know I've done it. These are the most comfortable pair of shorts I've ever owned and that is why I have procured a number of additional pairs and I'm going to keep getting them. I'm, I'm going to keep getting them. They're going to be my go-to everything short and pant. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on or enter promo code locked on for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Great for your iced coffee in the morning. That's birddogs.com slash locked on or promo code locked on for a free Yeti style tumbler. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. You won't. I'm telling you. Running back Saquon Barkley's availability for week one will be in serious question if he doesn't reach a long-term deal with the New York Giants. This is according to a new report by ESPN's Diana Rossini. Do you really think that Saquon Barkley would go full Le'Veon Bell and skip the season rather than play on the franchise tag? Yup. This isn't the Kansas City Chiefs, man. This isn't a Super Bowl contending team. He's right. got some leverage when he's been healthy. He's been good when he has, I mean, he's been hurt for a large portion. Tyler, when it comes to this, things like this, like I have two questions. One, massively, whoever would play running back from today on? What's the point? Go hey, play, I'll play safety. If they Go have nobody corner. else, I'll play. Yeah, I know <laughs> you would. Mike Allstott Jr. But I mean, you know, like why would you ever want to hit, hitch your talent to the running back right. position when it's the most just disrespected position, especially with the right. offensive skill position players in the NFL. And the second question I have, because listen, the trade we'll talk about, but like we've talked about this a lot as it, as it pertains to the rookie pay scale. This is the first thing that I think of. Why not front load top 15 rookie contracts for running backs? Like why do running backs have to be so much lower just because they're so much lower with normal contracts in the NFL from quarterback to wide right. receiver and down and edge rushers? Like, if you know he's going to be a star, I don't like that the NFL says it has to be this much if you're drafted in the seventh spot. No running back is doing this. No running back is sitting out. Not anymore. Le'Veon Bell did it, and he went to the Jets. They gave him a contract that he did not even make it through. The world has changed. The landscape has changed. And if you're Saquon Barkley, the best thing you can do is play on the tag this year. From a financial standpoint, not sit out because what you need to prove to teams is that you can stay healthy. You need to prove that last year is who you are again and you can be consistently. We saw it as a rookie, but then injuries took over. The fact that the Giants didn't want to give Saquon all the money, they gave Daniel Jones the money is, of course, the quarterback versus running back value comparison, but it's also... If Saquon had just been healthy the last three years, he probably would have gotten a contract. If he stays healthy this year, he will get a nice deal from someone else, but he's not making back the money he would miss out this year. If he does it, he is getting really bad advice from an agent, and I don't think anyone 
anymore is going to do it. The league has changed. And until they do something, if they do something about running back salaries, this is just life now for NFL running backs. And finally, PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan returns to work next week, and some top players believe he has to regain their trust after leaving members in the dark over an about-face deal with the Saudi Arabia wealth fund behind Live Golf. Defending Scottish Open champion Xander Shoffley said Wednesday, I'd say he has a lot of tough questions to answer in his return. A week after Monahan announced a commercial partnership with the Public Investment Fund, the tour said a medical situation led Monahan to turn over daily operations of the tour to two other executives. He sent a memo to players last week saying he would resume his role July 17th. Monahan did not take part in the Senate hearing Tuesday in which documents outlined some of the conversations that led 